Ladies and gentlemen, this evening we are discussing briefly science. Concerning dark matter, sir. And connecting some spiritual dots. We're not going to get too deep this evening because I'm going to make this very short and address this article that I came across. The title of the article is called Particle Scene Switching Between Matter and Antimatter at CERN. Particle Scene Switching Between Matter and Antimatter at CERN. Now, the motto of CERN is Accelerating Science. Accelerating Science. Science is from Scientia, and it means at its root, knowledge, gnosis in Greek, which in Hebrew happens to be da'ath, which happens to be the root word or the foundation of the word data which also means knowledge or the accumulation of knowledge. Interestingly, in the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verse 4, it says, But you, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the end, even to the time of the end. The scripture goes on to say, many will run to and fro, and da'ath, knowledge, will greatly be increased. The word rabin is used in Hebrew, which means a great increase. Now CERN, interestingly, has made its motto accelerating science, which precisely matches what the prophet Daniel described in his day, that in the Akkadit Hayamin, in the end times, in the Kets, at the time of the end, knowledge will increase exponentially. That is precisely what we are seeing and what we are living in the midst of. However, we are also entering into the phase of precisely matching how it was in the days and times of Noah as Yeshua made clear to his Talmudim, to his disciples, to his students, to his initiates, and to those who were not initiated, the external crowds, those on the outer circle of the order of light. Everything that we are discussing in terms of technology and increase of knowledge is the residue of that which is being left behind by the fallen watchers, the fallen angels. The fallen angels initiated the sons of men and the daughters of men into forbidden celestial sciences, the opening of portals and gateways, entry into different dimensions and gateways, dimensions in parallel 
multiverses, other worlds, illegally, illegally. So the fact of the matter is the Bible clearly establishes the fact that these other portals, dimensions, gateways, multiverses, parallel universes, and worlds exist. The Bible makes that 100% clear. I said the Bible makes that 100% clear. The Bible makes that 100% clear. The book of Revelation talks about the opening of the portals of the abyss and even talks about entities coming up out of the abyss. It even talks about Apollyon, who is also known as Abaddon, the destroyer coming up out of the portal. It also talks about creatures coming up out of the abyss. In the gospels, it makes reference to the Spirit of God descending upon the Son of Man and descending from a celestial realm through a portal down upon the Son of Man like a dove. The scripture does not say it was a dove. It says the Spirit descended upon the Son of Man like in the like manner of a dove. Did not say it was a dove. But this is what happens when people take things out of context and add their own spin to it. So yeah, it's nice and artistic that you use the dove, but the scripture does not say that the Ruach HaKodesh, that the spirit of the Most High is a bird. It doesn't say that. Anyway, the point is, is that a portal was opened. When the Apostle Shaul, whom the Romans called Paulos, was knocked off of his horse. All those around him saw a light and heard thunderings, but did not have the ability to decipher spiritually that Yeshua was speaking to Shaul directly in Aramith, in Aramaic. Yeshua actually opened a portal into the physical plane, making contact with Paul that could be witnessed by those who were around Shaul, but did not understand what was happening. This also took place on the Mount of Transfiguration, when a portal was opened. This also took place with Jacob's ladder, and when Jacob was wrestling with an angel. All these instances involve a gateway, a portal being opened, allowing travel from one dimension into another, from a spiritual, non-corporeal, invisible realm over into the more dense, physical, slow vibratory realm called Earth, the Earth plane. So, like I said, the Bible makes it 100% clear that portals, gateways, dimensions, parallel universes, as a matter of fact, even in Hebrew, it's called Hashemayim, 
plural, the heavens. Even if someone would take it as an idiomatic, idiomatic statement, it's plural. Just like the scripture also says that Yahweh breathed the breath of lives, plural, into man. Nishmat Kayim. And man became a living nefesh, soul. What are the lives? Well, we'll talk about that in a different session. But clearly, even the Greeks condensed the multiplied or the multiplicative lives. They've condensed it into three units, spirit, soul, and body. But in the Hebrew, we have a more complex system that makes reference to the internal inner man, the incorporeal structure that man is composed of, which those in the East, such as in Hindu scientists, call the aura. But in Hebrew, there is the ruach, which is the spirit. There is the nefesh, which is the soul and the flesh. Then there is neshema, which is a different division of the soul. Then there's yekida, and there's chaya, which is translated life, connected with the breath of life. So it's very complex. It's metaphysical and spiritual. It is not simple at all. Just like salvation in the Bible is not simple at all. Just like the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is not simple at all. But one thing's for sure, he did rise. He conquered all the laws of nature because he was the one who wrote the laws of nature. He's the one who originated and put into position the laws of nature and the laws of the cosmos. The architect and artificer of existence. The scripture clearly says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word is God. A word is a frequency. A frequency is energy. But once you've gotten the concept understood of energy, you need to figure out who is the source of the energy. From where did the energy come forth from? Because energy does not just appear out of nowhere. It has a origin point. It has a source. So the most proper way to address God, the most proper way to refer to God, whose name is Yahweh, the most proper way to address the Most High is as the source. He is the source. Some say, well, 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 why do you refer to God as a he? Because he signifies penetration. In the esoteric sciences, the masculinum is a reference to penetration and the femininum is a reference to reception. The moon is illuminated via the light of the sun. Therefore, the moon is referred to as feminine. And the sun is referred to as masculine. Why? Because the sun emits 
light and the light goes out and is generated forth from the sun and is received by the moon and therefore the moon is illuminated because of the reception of the light making the moon a receiver not a penetrator we find the signature of the creator in everything but we're not going to go there today anyway let us get back into this simple article to see what foolishness the scientists have gotten themselves captured into this time. But like I said, concerning Yeshua, Hamashiach, he died because that was part of the contract that he established. The way to divorce his initiates away from the bondage of death. The way to detach his initiates from the covenant of death that was initiated via disrespecting God's order, Yeshua divorced his initiates from that by law, by dying. Because the scripture clearly says that a woman is bound to her husband as long as he liveth. That is the contract, the covenant, the berith. Berith in Hebrew means contract, like marriage contract. So it has to be understood. No, Yeshua didn't die because of weakness. No, Yeshua didn't die because he, had, he didn't have the power to overcome his situation. No, Yeshua didn't die because he was in the hands of men and powerless. He died because that was the order in which he established law, universal law. In order to divorce his body of people, his initiates, from an old contract that they were bound to, he had to take all of their sin from them into himself and die, divorcing them from the old order. His death brought about a new order of the ages. A new order of the ages. Then he lied there for three days and then he himself resurrected himself. He said, tear this body down and I will raise it up again. It says that David misunderstood what he was saying and thought he was talking about the temple, the tabernacle. But the scripture says he clearly was talking about the temple of his body. So unless you understand the esoteric laws of the Bible, unless you understand the Torah and the instructions within the Torah, and the, their esoteric, metaphysical, spiritual meanings, you must stay silent. Keep your lips shut about what the Bible has said because it is misunderstood and not understood by you. That's a fact. That's a fact. But like I said, we're not going to go into that today because I could. 
you know, people got all these problems understanding basic science in the scriptures, but they go through hell to fulfill the requirements made and put upon them by places like the IRS. You have to go through a process. You have to follow the instructions that they give you or there's a penalty. There's a penalty. Oh, when you don't follow their procedures and their requirements, it's considered, it's considered breaking the law. Breaking the law, committing a crime, and then there's punishments that follow. But nobody complains about that. They just slave, bow down to that. But when it comes to God, they don't understand. Why is there a law? Uh, why, does, why did Christ have to die in order to fulfill the requirements of a law that was made by the divine architect of the universe? They don't understand why Yeshua did what he did. But they don't question why the IRS lords over them with an authoritative hammer. Having no respect for their person or their well-being or their possessions or anything else. So like Yeshua said, if you can't understand the physical things, now we understand clearly why you could never understand spiritual things, heavenly things. He told this to Nicodemus and Nicodemus in Greek is Nikeo, Nikao, Nikao, Demos, Nike. Nike means ruler, one who is victorious. And Demos means people, a ruler of the people, a victor over the people. Yeshua told the victor over the people. If you can't understand earthly things, how would you ever understand heavenly things? The same goes for everyone in this world. Now, let us move on to this article from CERN in Oxford University to see what they're talking about. Particles seen switching between matter and antimatter at CERN. A subatomic particle has been found to switch between matter and antimatter according to Oxford physicists analyzing data from the Large Hadron Collider, the LHC. It turns out that an unfathomably tiny weight difference between two particles could have saved the universe from annihilation soon after it began. Antimatter is kind of the evil twin of normal matter, but it's surprisingly similar, in fact. The only real difference is that antimatter has the opposite charge, that means that if ever a matter, an antimatter particle, come into contact, they will annihilate each other in a burst of energy. To complicate things, some particles such as photons are actually their own antiparticles. Now, it is also to be understood, positive and negative together create an equilibrium. Positive, penetrative, negative, receptive. The masculinum and the feminine, creating a balance. This is found all throughout nature, all throughout science, all throughout existence. So this is why now to try to mix things up, which is self-destroying, self-effacing, all these agendas that we have here today, 
trying to blur the line between what it is to be male and female, what it is to have an equilibrium, it's just gonna end in a fiery ball of destruction. It's just gonna end in disease, in mental illness, in demonic possession, and every other nefarious thing you can think of. There's no way good can come out of disrespecting order. Divine order. I'm not talking about the order of the CCP. I'm not talking about the order of the White House. I'm not talking about orders from a dictator. I'm talking about orders from God. Even order that can be found in nature. It's part of God's order that you breathe in and out. Inhale and exhale. That's part of the natural order for you. But what happens when you go against that order? You die. The subtraction of breath equals death for you. So it is more beneficial for you to follow the innate order. Anyway, let us get back to this. To complicate things, some particles such as photons are actually their own antiparticles. Others have even been seen to exist as a weird mixture of both states at the same time. Thanks to the quantum quirk of superposition, illustrated most famously through the thought experiment of Schrodinger's cat, that means that these particles actually oscillate between being matter and antimatter. So let us understand, this cannot be equated to switching between male and female. No, this is in a physics realm of understanding. Physics realm of understanding. This does not apply to boys and girls. Because I know we'll have someone retarded out there who will try to, oh, you see, they can be both at the same, but you can't. When you try to be two different opposite forces at one time, you end in destruction on every level. That goes along with the argument. Some people say, oh, well, you know, if God didn't want us to have guns, he wouldn't have made them. He didn't. You did. Just because there are substances in the earth that can be taken and molded through metallurgy and turned into weapons to kill yourself and one another does not mean that God authorized the weapon that you created. You weaponized what was natural in the earth. You did, not God. You weaponized it, not God. Why would God allow 9-11? He didn't. You did. God didn't fly a plane into a building. You did. God didn't build an airplane. You did. That tsunami killed almost, I don't, I don't know how many, over 100,000 people in Indonesia back in 2006 or whatever year that was. Did God do it? 
it did or did a change in the tectonic plates bring about those consequences the animals clearly discerned what was coming in rain humans did not discern the energetic change and that's why they died was it god's fault no it wasn't so all the time we have people trying to lay things on god's shoulders that are not going to stick it doesn't belong a little bit more critical thinking needs to take place and self-examination needs to take place yeah, I'm just loosely talking tonight. But this loosely talking is more powerful than the garbage we've been hearing for the past hundred years in academia. From the meat, it's all nonsense and garbage. No one can seem to come up with effective solutions to anything. All they can do is complain and complain and complain and complain. Just like they're doing with the so-called climate change they complain they complain but they're not changing anything that matters they're not going to change anything that matters all they're going to do is remove your liberty your freedom your rights your joy your happiness your freedom to move and travel and be they're going to remove that but they're not going to change their practices, their traditions that are destroying the earth, they're not going to change it. Because they're wicked and so are their deeds. They have a problem and it can't be solved through NGOs. It can't be solved through COP26. It can't be solved through man-made initiatives. It can't be solved through worshiping Satan secretly in a private closet like they do anyway let us get back to this scientific article from CERN and Oxford University like they said to complicate things some particles such as photons are actually their own antiparticles to complicate things some particles such as photons are actually their own anti-particles. Others have even been seen to exist as a weird mixture of both states at the same time, thanks to the quantum quirk of superposition. Illustrated most famously through the thought experiment of Schrodinger's cat. That means that these particles actually oscillate between being matter and antimatter. What they're actually telling you is, is that they have no true essential understanding of how anything truly works. They're just observing these things, but they don't understand why or how these things have come to be. They can't really truly explain the behavior because it's out of their control. It's beyond their index of consciousness. It's beyond their consciousness index. It's beyond their understanding. The article goes on to say, and now a new particle has joined the exclusive club, the charm meson. This subatomic particle is normally made up of a charm quark and an up anti-quark, 
while its antimatter equivalent consists of a charm antiquark and an upquark. Normally those states are kept separate, but the new study shows that charm mesons can spontaneously switch between the two. What ultimately gave away the secret was that the two states have slightly different masses, and we mean slightly in the extreme. The difference is just 0.41 zeros, one grams. I'll say that again, because I'm not gonna read out all 41 zeros. The difference is 0.41 zeros, one grams. This incredibly precise measurement was fished out of data gathered during the Large Hadron Collider's second run by physicists at Oxford University. Charm mesons are produced at the LHC in proton-proton collisions, and normally they only travel a few millimeters before they decay into other particles. By comparing the charm mesons that tend to travel further versus those that decay sooner, the team identified differences in mass as the main factor that drives whether a charm meson turns into an anti-charm meson or not. This absolutely tiny find could have gigantic implications for the universe. According to the standard model of particle physics, the Big Bang should have produced matter and antimatter in equal amounts. And over time, that all would have collided and annihilated, leaving the cosmos a very empty place. Obviously, that didn't happen. And somehow, matter came to dominate. But what caused that imbalance? They don't know. They don't understand. The Big Bang is a myth. It is a belief. It is a mere belief. Evolution is a mere belief. It is not proven. It is not solid, it is not validated, and it never will be. As a matter of fact, the deeper we dig, the more we find that existence actually synchronizes and aligns with what the Bible said God did. And not the other way around. Science continues to play catch up to God. And they can keep on catching up. But like all of those who have brilliant minds have said, the more I learn, the more I come to understand, I don't know anything. The more I come to know, the more I figure out I don't know. Like the scriptures say, God's ways are past finding out. Just humble yourself and be led by the Spirit like the Scriptures told you to. The article goes on to say one hypothesis that the new discovery raises is that particles like the charm meson will transition from antimatter to matter more often than they turn from matter to antimatter. Investigating whether that's true and if so, why? could be a major clue that busts open one of the biggest mysteries of science. Yeah, it's going to remain a mystery. 
because men are not God. Science is a religion, a failed religion, just like all the rest. The true science lies in Yahweh and the one whom he has sent, which is an emission, an extension of himself, a projection of himself from his realm into ours. Till next time, Shalom Aleikum. The article that we just read was Particle Seen Switching Between Matter and Antimatter at CERN. We have a whole lot more to get into because CERN has some very interesting things to say concerning dark matter, dark energy, and antimatter. And right now I'm working on my own private investigation into dark matter, CERN, the mark of the beast technology, graphene oxide, portals and gateways, and how they all connect to each other. Connecting the spiritual dots. Till next time, fortify your immune system. And like the Apostle Paul said, I pray that you prosper in your spirit, your soul, and in your body. Shalom Aleichem.